Praise the Lord, everybody. Everybody, praise the Lord this morning. You know, we have a right to praise the Lord. Amen. Whether we've been good this week or bad this week, Jesus loves you. Amen. God loves you. And you know, we see everything going on in the world and try not to get into it too much. But, you know, everything about Israel, basically, from this country, is a lie. Amen. Pro-Palestinian means you're pro-Hamas, amen, and that just proves the fact of many things. One thing is that people, most people, hate the Word of God, amen. Most people hate Israel, amen. Most people hate God, and this is just an excuse to spew their hatred for the word of God. Amen. If you're pro-Palestinian, you're pro-terrorist, you're pro-Hamas. And basically everything we see in the news is alive. Uh, been fortunate. I've just flipped through, you know, I've got a smart TV and uh, there's a, it just popped up on my TV. Never knew anything about it, but it's called I-24 Live. I don't know if I stands for Israel or what, but it's a news station from Israel. And they show the true terrorists. They show what really happened on October 7th. And it's horrific. You know, they still have like 250 captives. They still have like 250 hostages. I think some of them are American. And how can you be in this country and get up and stand and protest like they did last night for Hamas, for pro-Palestinian, which is really Hamas, when they are terrorizing people, they're raping women and beheading children and doing everything that's evil in the world. And you know it just proves the Bible right. Because when you read it and you understand Revelation and you understand prophecy, the only thing that's keeping Israel from total destruction, and when they're talking about that, they talked about this on SBN a little bit, but you're really saying you want to kill, exterminate every Jewish person on the face of the earth. That's the goal. And whenever you stand for pro-Palestinian, that's what you're saying. You want to kill every Jew. How evil is that? But the only thing that's keeping Israel from destruction is the church. Amen? Is the church. And when the church is raptured away, which is very, very close... Because we see it, the whole world's turning on Israel. And it talks about in the Bible, the sheep nations and the goat nations. Everybody is turning on Israel. If it was not for the church, they she would be destroyed. And so after the rapture of the church, it's very plain to see what's going to happen. Just watch the news. We're going to be taken out and everybody's going to go against Israel and they're going to accept this Antichrist. And then all the, yes, all the prophecies of the book of Revelation is going to play out. So the reason I've said that, the reason I came here this morning is to say, we're living in the very last of the last of the last days. Israel's been regathered. They're trying to destroy Israel. They're trying to destroy the Jews. But praise the Lord, after the rapture, you know who's coming back? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus Christ is coming back, and he's not going to allow that. And Israel's still away from God, but still, that's God's people, and that's God's land, and they still follow the Old Testament. 
And some of them are saved. Amen. Some of them are saved. But we need to pray. Psalm 122 says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And that's what we need to pray because it's evil. This world is evil. And, I mean, we need to stand for Israel. I feel that strong in my spirit. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, come to you in Jesus' name, God. We thank you, God, for this free country that we have, Lord Jesus, to stand up here and proclaim the word of Almighty God. Lord Jesus, we pray for Israel, Lord God. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Lord God. Please bless the Jewish people, Lord God. Please protect them from all these evil people, God, the Hamas and Hezbollah and everyone around there, Syria and Lebanon and Jordan and Iran and Iraq and all these Muslim nations that hate the Jews, Lord God, and it is the religion of Islam. We love Muslims, but the religion of Islam is evil. It is from the pit of hell, and we need to stand up as a church and proclaim the liberty that's in Jesus Christ. It's not in Islam. It's in Judeo-Christian values. It's in the Bible, Lord Jesus. We need to stand up as a church and preach that and proclaim that to the captives, Lord Jesus. Please be with Israel. Protect them, and please be with us in this crazy country that we live in, God, that you protect us from all the persecution when we stand for the word of God and we stand for Jesus Christ and we stand for Israel. We're going to be persecuted, Lord Jesus. Please protect us and help us, Lord God. Please anoint this service in your name, I pray. Amen.
morning. See, I belong to Jesus. I'm a child of the living King. I've traded filthy garments for His robes of royalty. And the chains that used to bind me, they're now laying at my feet. See, the devil can't make a lock. That of my Jesus doesn't hold the key He that the Son has set free Oh, it's free indeed Oh, no more chains of slavery Truth has triumphed in liberty Oh, He that the Son has set free Back, well, come back, come back. Well, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Yes, I'm on that battlefield for my Lord. I promised him that I would serve him till I die. Now I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Well, I lost my flag in battle. My staff is Over in the promised land, in distant lands, I've tried, crying, sinner, come to God. Now I'm on that battlefield for my Lord. Oh, yes, I'm on that battlefield for my Lord. Yes, I'm on that battlefield for my Lord. You know, I promised him that I. Oh, my Lord. 
ten kindred. I'm bound for the promised land. The grace of God upon me. The Bible in my hand. In distant lands I've tried. Crying sinner, come to God. Well, I'm on that battlefield for my Lord. Oh, yes, I'm on that battlefield for my Lord. Oh, yes, I'm on that battlefield for my Lord. I promised him that I would serve him till I die. Now I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Now when I met my Savior, I devil might have his army, but God has his. Amen. And we're more powerful than the devil's is because we got the power of God. Amen. I said, we got the power of God. We're stronger than the enemy because greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. You know, the Lord's been bringing it back to my mind over and over recently about the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're going to make it in these last days, you're going to have to have this. Let me tell you, Baptist, you're going to have to have this. If you're going to make it through what's coming, you're going to have to have this power. And you don't just get this power because you say, I'm a Christian. God has a way in which he gives this power. Everybody don't just get this power and live this life the way God wants them to. There's a way. You gotta go God's way. God's way is through the blood of His Son and a surrendering to Him and allowing the Spirit of God to crucify that old man and so that the Spirit of God can raise up a new man that He can live, that He can exist, that He can have full control of the throne of this heart. Then His power, not yours, His power will help you to make it through what you're going through. Otherwise, you're not going to make it. You're going to lag behind. You're going to fall down. You're going to stumble. You're going to, you're going to go through the same old thing over and over until you learn to let the power of God, amen, do the work, amen. The hardest thing for a man to do is just surrender. Give up 
the flesh and let Jesus take over. But when you do, you find out it's a glorious life. Man, it's so much easier. I'm glad today that I don't have to struggle and stumble and fall every day. And I don't know if I'm, I'm so glad I don't have to live like that. Oh yeah, I face problems. I get attacked just like you do, but I have to put into practice what I preach to you. I gotta stay on the battlefield. I gotta surrender. I gotta let the Holy Ghost work my problems out because I can't fix my problems. But if I let Him take me through and praise God, then somebody's going to get some glory, and it ain't going to be me. It's going to be Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, let's take up the offering while you're happy and clapping. Amen. Everybody got adjusted a time change yet? Nope. <laughs> Woke up this morning, I thought, man, it seems early or something. I don't know what's going on. I saw Karen drove up in the parking lot about 8.30. I said, she didn't set her clock back. She forgot something happened, and... But I thought, well, she she's going to stay here and praise the Lord anyway. She'll be out there praying for the service and everything, sitting in her car. But amen, I, I don't know about this time change stuff. I wish they'd leave it alone. Amen. Let's, we all voted already. Leave it alone. <laughs> Go back to spring forward and leave it alone. Don't touch it. Amen. But we're going to take up the offering this morning. Good to see everybody this morning. Michael, Julie, good to see y'all back. Glad to see little man's feeling better. Amen. Little Malachi, he hadn't felt good the last couple of days. Had to go to his doctor visit. I said, see, I was holding him. I said, look at your mom and daddy. They brought you into this sin-filled world. And poor little things got to experience this stuff here. I said, blame them. <laughs> but we all are touched by it. Nobody is exempt from it from time to time. Things happen. And we just have to go through it. We have to trust the Lord. We have to take that anointing oil out and lay hands on them children. And pray and ask God to do what God said He'll do. Amen. That's the way you raise your children. When they get sick, the first thing you do is get your oil out. Get your Bible out. Get your hands out. Lay your hands on them and pray over them. Amen. If nothing changes, take them to the doctor. Amen. Don't be stupid. Take them to the doctor if they have to go to the doctor. But pray first. Amen. And don't get away from that. Don't get away. Well, we better run to the doctor. And doctors are of God. You need to take go to doctors. And some are men of God. Some of them are, but they try to help you, and they'll do the best. But you have to learn to be trust God, have faith, and just believe that He'll touch your children like He said that He will. Amen. If you don't have anybody pray for you, I've done it several times. I've got to oil out myself and put it on my hands and pray for myself. Lord, touch me in the name of Jesus. God, I need some help here. I need a touch, and I've had God touch me before. Amen. God is not limited. Amen. He don't have to have everybody lay hands on you. He can, you lay hands on yourself. Amen. I've done it many times when I have anybody to pray, and I was in a situation where I could do nothing but just pray right then. And the Lord always was faithful. Amen. Let's take up the offering. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We ask you to bless the offering this morning. We ask you to bless those that give. And Lord, I ask you that you would move in this church today, God, that you would move throughout our hearts and lives, God, that you touch those here, touch those that are not here, those that are sick, those that need healing in their bodies. Lord, I pray that you would touch them right where they are. Lord, those that are experiencing difficulties, battles, problems, trials, Lord, touch them. Reach them right where they are. Bless them today. Bless this offering. Bless every person who gives from the abundance of their heart. Meet every need that they have physically, spiritually, financially, in every way. As your word says, you will, God. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name.
try to put this thing on. I only do this for y'all. Oh, I feel restricted already. Goodbye, children. (laughs) See y'all later. Have a good time, Adam. (laughs) Oh, praise the Lord. We love the kids, don't we? Amen. Yeah, we got to pick on them a little bit. They're all funny, aren't they, in their own way? Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles this morning, go to 1 Kings chapter 19. No, 18, I'm sorry. Chapter 18. First Kings chapter 18. I honestly did not know what I was going to be preaching this morning till yesterday. Well, I thought I was. I thought I knew. And then yesterday morning we had prayer meeting in here. And as I normally do when we're about halfway through praying or whatever, try to put a few songs on and listen to some music, praise and worship music. And I had just happened to pull up a couple of older videos of Brother Swagger. It popped up from the 80s. And one that I saw, it stood out. And we started listening to it. And it's beginning to rain. That old song, as we were listening to that, I... I sat back there, and the Spirit of God began to move, and I felt like the Lord started speaking to me through that song concerning what he wanted me to preach today. And uh, so I just I felt like the Lord like kind of just changed everything at the last minute. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41 says this, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get you up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up 
and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there arises a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare your chariot and get you down that the rain stop you not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. I want to preach this morning. We need the rain. Praise God, we need the rain. Mm, Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today. God, for your power, for your spirit, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy. We thank you for the power that's so real, God, that lives inside of us, that gives us life, gives us strength, gives us boldness, and gives us courage. When we feel like we can't go any further, Lord, that power is there to help us. Lord, we pray, God, this morning that you move in this nation. We need the rain of your spirit all over this world, but America desperately needs it. Lord, we need you to raise up men and women, God, as we believe that you are, Lord, here and there to stand, to stand against the evils of the day, to stand up for what is right according to your word. Those that will stand and preach the gospel, Lord, and tell it like it is without fear or favor, God, to tell the world and tell the church what your word says that you are pleased with and what you are not pleased with lord i pray today god that you help us lord to understand your word to open up your word to make it real to us today and lord we just ask you to have your way in this church touch people through the internet today those that are cast down pick them up lord those that are without strength give them power god those that have not been filled with your spirit lord fill them with your spirit god that they can experience this rain inwardly lord and we just thank you we praise you and we just glorify the name that is above every name the name of jesus christ and we give you the praise amen and amen israel at this time that of the time of this text this morning was in everybody that's read it you know that they were in very serious in a very serious condition in a negative way they Then the whole reason for all of these problems, you know, if you want to find out what's wrong with America, here it is. If you want to know what's wrong with America, take a look at Israel of that day and find out what it was that brought about this famine. Every time in the Word of God when you would see that that the nation of Israel, when they followed the Lord, when they at least tried to, when they did things His way, God would bless them, he would watch over them, he would protect them, he would bless their land, bless their livestock, bless their fruit, bless their families, he would bless everything that pertained to them as long as they followed him and him alone and they didn't stray and worship other gods. But when they begin to stray, I want to tell you something, you can stray. I said you can stray. 
You can sit on a pew and you can stray. You can stray from Jesus Christ. You can make your own way and try to do things your own way and think that you're going to, that you're going to serve God and do things a certain way. But if you don't go God's way, you stray. Today, God's way of following Him is only by and through what His Son did at the cross. By the blood of Jesus Christ today, we have fellowship with God. I, I don't call God Yahweh. I call Him Jesus. I don't call Him Jehovah. There's nothing wrong with all that, but I ain't stuck in all that Old Testament terminology. I found out that I got a Savior today. His name is Jesus, praise God, and He saves His people from their sins. I'm going to tell you, and I ain't ashamed today to tell you that my Savior's name is Jesus. It's not Allah. It ain't Buddha. It ain't Muhammad. His name is Jesus Christ, and He He said, if you follow me, I'll take you to the other side. If you follow me, I'll take you where no man can take you. If you'll give up your life and follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And the whole problem was the, the famine was there because of straying from the Lord. You know, let me tell you what will bring about a famine in your spirit. Straying from Jesus. Getting your eyes on yourself. Leaving the cross. Leaving your first love. It'll bring about a spiritual famine. And the church today is in a famine. The world is in a famine. Does everybody agree that America is dried up? Does everybody agree that America's at the end of their resources? And it, unless God, unless the Lord himself intervenes and moves and does something, this nation is going down, down, down. But, you know, Israel was in the same place many times, and it happened over and over and over. But every time that they would repent, the Lord would step in for them. He'd always send a prophet their way. He'd send a man of God their way to tell them what the wrong was and how to make it right. And if they would listen to him, then he would restore them. But they experienced a famine. The Bible said at this time that it was so dried up. They were losing livestock. They were losing crop. They were losing animals. They were losing fruit. They were losing everything. Because everybody knows if you don't have water, you can't live. You have to have water to live. Because water refreshes. Look, water sustains. I mean, Jesus said, I am the water of life. If you didn't get that, I am the water of life. He can sustain you. Water satisfies your thirst. In John chapter 4, there was a little woman there that Jesus met, a Samaritan woman who was worshiping the wrong gods. But Jesus said, I'm going to have a meeting with her today and turn her around and show her that I got some living water, that all this false religion can't change her. These false gods can't help her. But if she'll open her heart and believe in me today, I'll let her experience some living water. I'll let her leave here changed today by my spirit, changed by my power. Let me tell you, if you need living water today, Jesus is your living water, and it can sustain you, it can heal you, it can satisfy your thirst, it can bring forth fruit. Without water, everything dies up and dries, dries up and dies. 
And you know what's wrong with a lot of the church today? They refuse the water. They refuse the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, the power, the water, the very thing that can get some of you where you need to go with the Lord, you're sitting there and you're rejecting it. You're sitting there and you're disdain. You sit there and you laugh at it because somebody in your family told you that's of the devil. Let me tell you something today. This water is real. This power is real. This Holy Ghost power, praise God, that Jesus said, well, come on you, it's real. And if you sit there and you neglect and you deny and you reject the very thing that can give you life, you're going to die, my friend. You're going to lose your soul. You can't reject the things of God and think you're okay. You turn, if you, Jesus said the parables, some of the parables told us that to him who accepts the light, who heeds the light, who accepts all the light that he can get from the word of God, the Lord will bless him. The Lord will, he will grow him. But he said when you reject the light, you don't just lose what, you could have, you lose what you had. You lose, you don't come out to the good when you reject the things of God, never. You never come out to the good when you reject the word of God. It don't happen. I know I tried it half of my life until I finally come to my senses and got saved. I rejected people trying to tell me you need to get right. I rejected people telling me you need to get saved. I rejected people telling me you need to, you need to give your life to. I rejected people telling me you need to change. I had to find out for myself the hard way. But the famine was caused, the famine was caused by God's people. And I'm going to tell you what's wrong with America. It ain't the White House, it is, but it ain't. It's the church house. It's the church house. People who call themselves Christian out in the ballroom on Friday night talking dirty and nasty and sleeping around with everybody under the sun. Come on, somebody. And doing and committing evil. And doing stuff that God's word says you don't need to be doing. That ain't you anymore. You're changed. You don't need to be misrepresenting me. That's what's wrong with the world. The church is corrupt. We need the power of God to move in the church. We need the power of God to come into here and bring a change in our life so we stop sleeping around. We stop smoking dope. We stop getting drunk. We stop. Come on, somebody. We stop doing the things that the Bible says is wickedness and sin in God's eyes. And until you let Jesus get a hold of your heart, you can't stop it. I know because I lived it. You're going to lose the argument with me. You'll never win it. You'll never be able to tell me, oh, you're just saying that because that, that, that. No, you know. It won't work with me. I lived it. I lived headlong for the devil most of my life going straight to hell. 
hard-hearted, hard-headed. Couldn't nobody tell me nothing. I'm the baddest thing around. I whip you. What are you looking at me like that for? Blah, 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 blah. Boy, but when I met Jesus, boy, when I met the Lord, boy, when I came to the Lord, gee, man, he turned me around. He crushed me like a baby. He said, you ain't as bad as you think you are. Hey, there's somebody greater than you, boy. And when he got a hold of me, he didn't just get a hold of me. He turned my life around. He started taking me in another direction. And for almost 25 years now, I've been heading in the right direction. I ain't living in sin anymore. I ain't bound by the devil anymore. I'm not an alcoholic anymore. I'm not a drug addict. I'm not a whoremonger. I'm not a wicked, filthy, vile human being. I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb. Praise God. I got Jesus on the inside, moving on the outside. That's why I am here today. How could I be here 24 years later if it didn't work? I'm telling you, it works because it's the power of God. And, you know, you've heard me and my wife tell this. When you get saved, everything within you now is different than what it used to be. Stuff you used to practice, man, you stop. (laughs) Oh, boy, directions you were going in, you turn. Stuff you used to celebrate like Halloween, you drop it. Come on. (laughs) Stuff you used to do, it changes. Because you're a new creation. In Jesus Christ, old things pass away, praise God. I mean, all stuff, a lot of stuff just left. Everything has become new, and now you want to live to serve God. You don't want to serve the world. You don't want to serve the devil. You don't want to play footsies with the devil. You want to get all the way in, and you want to stay in and let them laugh at you. Let them mock at you. Lose some of your friends. Who cares? Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Tristan and I said, I got one friend. Talking about one of his buddies. I said, well, at least you got one. (laughs) We don't have any. (laughs) Been living like it all my life. And I understand, look, we're friends somewhat. I'm friends with people in here, all of y'all. We love you. But I'm not looking for a friend. I found the one I was missing. He fills everything up. He fills up. He fills everything that a man people, human beings can't give you. He feels it. And let me tell you, if you don't have that, you got a void in your heart today. There's a, there's a, there's a place, there's an empty place there, and all you're going to do is run to the world, run to this person, run to that person, trying to fill that emptiness until you open up and let Jesus Christ come in and change you. You're never going to be happy. You're going to be miserable. I know from experience. Israel was in this condition because of their own making. You know what they did? They did what the Lord said don't do. You know when God says in his word not to do something, he means it? He means it. He's not confused about what he says. If his word says it, then he expects you to look to try to do it, at least try. Now you've got to have the help of the Holy Spirit, but you're to make effort to try to do it. And because they turn from the Lord and they start worshiping idols. The very thing God said don't do. I am the Lord your God. I am a 
jealous God. You shall have no other gods before you. He was the God of sacrifice. He was the God of the shed blood of the lamb. He was the God of a sacrificial system by which his people, when they sinned, they could come through that system and confess their sins and those sins would be covered. But under the New Testament, they're taken away. My sins ain't covered now. They're taken away. I'm not under an old system, but the sacrificial system was of God. He said, this is the way walk ye therein. And they left it. And so now... You've got all kinds of evil and wickedness going on in God's people. Human sacrifice, cannibalism. I mean, stuff that you would think, how in the world could a Christian, how could a child of God be reduced to such a condition when you leave the Lord Jesus Christ? You are subject to to anything you are subject to commit the worst of worst sins <clears throat> and the Lord said it, now the Lord didn't say this is what the Lord did he raised up a prophet <laughs> well I like how God works you see when God is ready to set the church straight you know what he's going to do he's going to raise somebody up when God is ready to speak to a nation, he's going to raise somebody up. And, and knowing God, everybody ain't going to like or know or understand so much about the people that he raises up. The Bible says that Elijah was the man that God raised up. He's called the Tishbite. Elijah, the Tishbite, just comes out of nowhere and he gets his schooling. Oh, Lord, help me. He gets his schooling not from the church of God, not from the assemblies of God, not from the Baptist, not from the Methodist. He gets his schooling and his training 101 with God himself. He gets to be raised up by God and learn how to trust God because God has a purpose for his life at this time. God already knew what his people were going to do. He already knew what their condition was going to become. So he says, this is how I'm going to help solve their issues. This is how I'm going to bring repentance to my people. I'm going to raise up somebody who cares about me, who cares about my ways, who loves me, and who wants to follow me. I'm going to teach him. I'm going to train him. I'm going to show him how to trust me with everything that he... <coughs> Please, Lord, somebody pray for me. All of a sudden, <laughs> I, I don't know sign language, but I'll try. <clears throat> so he raises up a man by the name of Elijah. Nobody knows much of anything about him. The Bible says he just comes on the scene. But he's a man who loves God. He's a man 
who was taught by the Lord to trust the Lord. And the Bible says that he was, the Lord took him and he said, I'm going to hide you by the brook Cherith. But listen, before he did this, listen, listen, listen here's what happened. Elijah comes on the scene at the right time that God sends him and says, now it's time for you to begin your ministry. It's time for you to go. <coughs> Shut up, devil. It's time for you to go. <laughs> I don't know. I might choke on it. <laughs> it's time for you to go to, it'll pass. It's time for you to go to Israel. It's time for you to go to my people it's time for you to go to Ahab. It's time for you to go to that rebellious king. It's time for you to go to that man that's leading my people away from me. And it's time for you to speak to him. And you tell him that I said, according to my word, according to your word, to, uh, the, there to be no dew or no rain these years according to the word of the Lord. So Elijah comes to Ahab, the king of Israel. Y'all know who Ahab is? That's Jezebel's husband. Y'all know Sister Jezebel, don't you? That old wicked woman who likes to deceive God's people. She's a type of false doctrine. She likes to slip into the church and she likes to shut the mouths of God's God's prophets. She likes to try to kill the word of God. She wants to get rid of the influence of Christianity. That's the kind of woman that he was married to. So see the devil, this is what he's trying to do. He's trying to get rid of this influence of Jehovah worship. But I'm going to tell you something devil. You ain't getting rid of it around here. You ain't getting rid of Jesus worship around around here. You ain't getting rid of what the Holy Ghost has put down in this soul today because God's got somebody left. God's got somebody left that ain't going to bow the knee to Bell. That ain't going to bow the knee to Joe Biden. That ain't going to bow the knee to no Muslim. That ain't going to bow the knee to no false religion. I don't want Jezebel's religion. I don't need 40 days of purpose. I don't need celebrate recovery because honey I got everything I need in Jesus. I say I got everything I need. I found the lily of my valley. His name is Jesus. I knew a breakthrough was coming. I got I get wound up. I got to keep it wound up and it keeps going. Lord help me. He said you go and you tell Ahab. God said you go tell Ahab that I said I'm fixing to dry everything up. I'm about to stop the rain in this land. I'm about to stop the rain in America. Because I'm sick of wickedness. I'm sick of sin. I'm sick of lying preachers. I'm sick of apostate preachers. I'm sick of false religion. I'm sick of celebrate recovery. I'm sick of two steps of this. And, and ten God's sick of it. And I'm sick of it too. I'm ready to see somebody come out with a whip. And run up in the temple and start kicking stuff over. And say God ain't pleased with your garbage. God ain't pleased with your worship. He ain't pleased with your giving. He ain't pleased with your stuff. Because you're doing it all for show. You need to get back to an altar. You need to find you a place down there where you can let the Holy Ghost move through your soul and show you that this ain't about you. This is about the Lord Himself. This is about Jesus. Come on, somebody. This ain't, this ain't, this, this thievery in the church, this line, this mockery, this image of Christianity that we have. It's time somebody looks somebody in the face and say, God ain't pleased with that mess. God ain't pleased with your false religion. I don't need Rick Warren's nothing. 
He said, Elijah went to the king. Imagine this, a preacher going to the king of a nation. And say, he said, according to the word of the Lord, this is God, there'll be no dew or rain these many years according to the word of the Lord. And then all of a sudden, he disappears. He tells the king what the Lord said, and then he just disappears. And I bet, you know, knowing the king, he's probably laughing. Hey, this guy's nuts. He lost his mind. What church does he pastor? Where did he come from? What religion does he belong to? And he just disappears. And I'm sure that king was laughing, mocking, making fun. But you know, after time, after, you know, a few months, no rain. A few more months of no rain. And a few more months of no rain. Boy, it gets you to thinking, won't it? And then after a couple of years go by, and there's no rain. I mean, there's no literal rain in your land to help sustain your nation, sustain your people, sustain your family, sustain your livestock. And listen, then famine comes and it dries up and things start dying. What happened with COVID? We lost a lot of people. A lot of people died. They did. But I remember when all that stuff started, I can remember how the Lord was, I could see God in the midst of this stuff. It's like he's saying, hey, church, are y'all listening to me? You're scared of what you can't see, but are you scared of the Lord? Are you afraid of what he can see? We're scared of the unseen, huh? But we ain't afraid to put our fist up in the face of God. And we lost a lot of people. They died. And a famine hit, which is still going on right now, ain't it? America don't look good, does it? The industry don't look good. Economics don't look good. Workforce don't look good. Nation don't look good. Military don't look good. Government sure don't look good. And it's in times like this that God says, now I can start speaking to people. Now I can raise up somebody to tell the people what the real problem is because the real problem ain't the government. The real problem ain't the military. The real problem is you have left your first love. You have left Jesus Christ, you have stopped standing on the word of God. You traded the Bible for a Quran. You traded the Bible for some man's book. You traded the word of God for the things of the world. And the Lord said, I'm trying to confront you and tell you that if you listen to me and you come back to your first love, you don't have to go through what I'm going to take you through. And the Bible said that he told him what was going to happen and he just disappeared. And then after so many months or years, Ahab starts asking questions. They started, I heard Brother Swack one time say they put out wanted posters for him. Wanted posters all over Israel. Anybody seen this man? 
He's responsible for this famine. Oh, no, he wasn't. God was. He just told them what God said to say. And they're looking for him, searching for him, and nobody can find him. And then all of a sudden, after a couple of years go by, it gets so bad, it's so dried up, that the Bible said that the Lord told Elijah, now I'm going to use you, I'm going to send you, and I want you to go and present yourself to Ahab. I want you to go back to Ahab. And the Bible said Elijah, he came, and I forget which part of town it was he was in, or it doesn't matter, but he was traveling through the town, and the Bible said he came across a man by the name of Obadiah, who was a godly man, one who feared God under Ahab, who hid some of the prophets of God by fifties, the Bible said, in caves. And he comes in contact with Obadiah and he sees him and Obadiah says, Are you that Lord Elijah? He said, I'm him. Are you that man Elijah? I'm him. He said, Are you the one we've been looking for? I'm him. Are you the one that's caused all this, this problems? He said, I'm him. And he told Obadiah, he said, listen, you go to Ahab today. I want you to go to Ahab and you tell him that Elijah is here. I want to see him today and don't be afraid. And Obadiah said, no, I ain't going to do that because they've been looking for you all over town. I mean, all over the nation. Every time somebody says they, they see a sighting of you, you disappear. I ain't about to go and tell him I saw you because he'll take my head off and he'll kill me. You'll disappear like you have all the other times. He said, no, you go tell him that Elijah's here and I'm going to see him today. And the Bible said that's exactly what happened. He came to Ahab. He met Ahab. And the Bible said Ahab looked at Elijah and he said, are you the one who's been troubling Israel? No, you're the one who's been troubling Israel. You're the, you're the reason, you're the cause for all this death. You're the cause for all this famine. You're the cause for all this loss of life. You're the cause for no water. You're the cause for no rain. And Elijah looked at him and said, I don't think so. No, we ain't the problem. Those who stand on the truth ain't the problem. You're the problem. The Bible said he looked at Ahab and said, no. He said, I ain't the problem. You are the problem. You and your father's house. You and your apostate wife. You and your false religious practices that allow you to practice evil stuff while you claim to serve the Lord. You have forsaken the Lord. You have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and you are a worshiper of Baal. So don't you dare point your finger at me. I'm telling you what God said to tell you. It ain't my fault. It's your fault. When you leave Jesus Christ, you ain't got nobody to point your finger at. When you leave the Lord, you can't blame it on this one. You can't blame it on that one. Look in the mirror, brother, and take a look at yourself and say, Lord, I'm the problem. I'm the one that needs changing. I'm the one that needs to surrender. I'm the one. It's my fault, Lord. Oh, God, have mercy on me. He tries to blame Ahab, tries to blame a man of God. They won't blame the preacher. Preacher's fault. You went astray and it's the preacher's fault. Nope. 
It's yours. And the Bible said he confronted him. And he told him, he said, listen, the Lord has told me what to do. He said, and God's going to make it plain today. He's going to show who's who. He said, I want you to go gather all the prophets of Baal and meet me at Mount Carmel today. God is going to demonstrate who is who. You claim that Baal is God. Baal was supposed to be the God of nature, they say. They said that Baal, he's the one who controls the wind, the rain, the storms, the lightning, the thunder. He's the God over nature, they say. So Elijah says, okay, today I believe that God is going to show who is who. There's a famine in the land and people need to know the truth and somebody needs to see a demonstration of the power of God while we are in this famine. And he said, you get your prophets of Baal and come today and we are going to have a demonstration and I'm going to come all by myself. I don't need my deacon board. I don't need the that board. I don't need the white board, the black board, the yellow board. I'm going to come just me and Jehovah and today we we're going to find out whose God is real. He said, here's what I want y'all to do. We're going to have a sacrifice today. See, my God is a God of sacrifice. My God is a God of power. But I'm going to be a gentleman and I'm going to let you go first. And we're going to take an animal. We're going to take a lamb and we're going to cut it into pieces. And I'm going to let you boys go first. You're going to, we're going to build us an altar and we're going to go through the sacrificial system that God designed. And you you're going to take that animal, you're going to cut its throat, you're going to lay it on an altar, but you're not going to put any fire under it because you say that Baal is the God of the fire. You say that Baal is the God of the wind and the rain and nature. But today we're going to find out whose God is who. He said, now you take a sacrifice and you lay it on an altar and he told him, he gave him instructions, told him things to do, what not, and he said, but don't Put any fire under it because the purpose was to see whose God answers by fire. And they, the Bible said they put everything in order. They did what he told them to do and they started calling on Baal. Oh, Baal! Oh, Baal! Hear us, Baal! The Bible said they started doing it from morning morning all the way up to noon and it said they were they said they were on this altar that was built and they started look, leaping up and down and jumping up and down on this altar hey bell hear us bell oh bell answer us let me tell you if you're calling on anybody but Jesus you ain't getting no answer I don't care who you are because he's the God of sacrifice. He's the God. Look, Jesus is the Lamb of God. He is the ultimate sacrifice. And the Bible said they did it from morning to noon, and it said there was no answer. That's how you can tell which God you serve. Where's the answer? Where's your help? Where's your power when you need it? They jumped up and down then the Bible said they began to get more desperate then they started taking uh, 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 knives made out of sharp rocks and they started 
cutting themselves. It said blood started gushing out of their arms. And they're jumping, look at this bloody scene, jumping up and down on the altar, blood slinging everywhere. Oh, Baal, hear us! Who's answering you? How are you dealing with your pain? How are you dealing with your hurt? How are you dealing with your problems? Who are you going to for your, for your problems, those hurts, those pains, those memories you can't get over? Who are you going to? If you're going to anybody but Jesus Christ, there's not going to be an answer. Because there's only one answer for your issues. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the, it's the Son of God. And the Bible said they did it all day long. And finally Elijah said, okay, enough. I've seen enough. <laughs> Moved them out of the way. He tore all of it down, rebuilt the altar. He did the same thing. He gave them the opportunity to do. But see, before he got ready to go through with his demonstration he did something he started praying to God he said God (laughs) I'm asking you today to move I'm asking you paraphrasing and I know I'm not saying word for word but I'm asking you he began to pray I want you to answer my prayer today I believe you have sent me here for the purpose of turning these people's hearts back to you, So I'm asking you to let the power come, let the fire fall. Lord, give us a demonstration. You know what some of y'all need to learn how to do for you? You want to see, you want to come in here and gather around up there in the lobby and just GJDD with her? Well, maybe you ought to come in here and try praying for a few minutes and saying, Lord, let the fire fall in here today. Lord, let the power fall in. Lord, we need your, we need, Lord, we got problems on the job. We got problems in the family. We got problems out in the world. And Lord, we need the fire to fall in church today we need your power we need your spirit and just God might just answer if we pray like that if we just get away from all the chitter chatter well you know what I did this week you know what's going on you know how bad it is if we just get away from that a little bit and find us a place down here and say Lord I'm coming in the name of Jesus and I'm, I need a touch today You, I got problems Lord I want you to let the rain fall in family worship center this morning so that I can walk out of here refreshed by the power of God. Don't let it be church as usual, but give us a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost that'll shake this place and help me to walk out of here different than what I came in. And praise God, when I come back the next time, I might want to come and pray a little bit more. He said, look, the whole purpose was, he said, Lord, I want you to turn the hearts of these people back. That's what God's trying to do for our nation. Turn the hearts of people back to the truth, the gospel, the only gospel that works, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It is the gospel. It saves, it delivers, it heals, it sets free, it baptizes with the Holy Ghost, it refreshes you, it fills you. And the Bible said that He began to pray, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, here come fire 
out of heaven in the form of lightning, fire. Not fire from the earth, fire out of heaven. God said, this is what I want. And it said, the fire of God came down out of heaven and it literally burnt that sacrifice, consumed every bit of it, licked up all the water in the trenches, praise God. And I mean the power of God hit that place and the people started seeing who was the true God. He said, the Lord, the Lord said, the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And I'm here to tell you today that God is still answering by fire. He still wants to send the Holy Ghost. He still wants to shake this place. But the only way it's going to happen is going to be based on the shape dead blood of the lamb. God said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the sacrifice. I'm happy with your prayer. This is what I accept and based on your faith in me, I'm going to send the fire and I'm going to send the power and I'm going to cause people to repent. I'm going to bring some of your family members out of sin. I'm going to bring them out of death. I'm going to bring them out of hell. And let me tell you something, but we need the power to shake this vessel this morning. God shake my vessel. Let the fire fill my house. Let the Holy Ghost fill this place because I got family members that need to be turned to Jehovah. I got family members that need to come to Jesus. You got family members that need to wake up call. They're bound by the devil, bound by drugs, they're bound by alcohol. And I'm going to tell you the power is what we need. We need the fire, praise God. We need a move of God in this nation. God is the one who sent the fire. Elijah didn't. He believed God. And the Bible said the power of God hit that place. And boy, people started falling on their faces. (laughs) Boy, when we get them Baptists to do this, we can get them Pentecostals to do this. We can get them spirit-filled people to start learning how to do this. The Bible said they started falling on their faces and they said, I ain't never in my life seen nothing like this. The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. You know what? I got a feeling that God's going to wake America up and show them that the Lord, He is God. I know it looks bad. I know it looks dark. But I still believe that God's got the power to send the rain. He's got the power to move all over this world. He's got the power. He's raising somebody up somewhere. And I got a feeling maybe right here... He's going to raise somebody up to tell America you need to repent. You need to come back to Jesus Christ. You need to open your heart. You need to confess your sins. You need to say, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Let me tell you, if you're a thief, the Holy Ghost can save you and do something in your heart. If you're a drunkard, He can turn you around. If you're a pervert, He can set you free. You need to reign, praise God. If you're a narcissist, there's a fix for you. His name is Jesus. You're a liar, there's a fix for you. Thief, there's a fix for you. Drunkard, alcoholic, pervert, no matter what you are, there's a fix for you. The Bible said that the power came. People started repenting. The Lord, He is God. Jesus is God. 
Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus is the one who was crucified, buried, raised from the dead, that I can have eternal life. It's all about him. This is what America has to have. And they start falling on their faces. Imagine that, falling on their faces. Where y'all get that stuff from? Hmm. Where y'all get that excitement stuff? Where y'all get that running from, that shouting? That If you read your Bible enough, you'll find it. And won't nobody have to tell you. And you'll learn how to do it. <laughs> when the Spirit of God gets to moving, you'll get, you get in with the flow, brother. You'll just learn how to do it. And you'll let the Holy Ghost have his way, praise God. You won't care what people think about you. You'll learn how to say, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And they start repenting. And the Bible said that the prophets of Baal, they, he says, get rid of them, slaughter them. We can't have this false religion mixed in with the truth. We can't have this false religion mixed in with the message of the cross. We can't have these false ways. We can't have the psychiatrists and the psychologists and the counselors and the Dr. Fields and the Oprah Winfrey. We can't have them mixed in with Jesus Christ and what he did at the cross because he alone paid the price to set us free. We don't need them. We need Jesus. And the Bible said they started repenting. God got a hold of people, started turning things around. And then... <laughs> Elijah sent his servant Ahab. He said, you tell Ahab to get his chariot ready. You go tell Ahab to get his chariot ready because there's some rain about to come. <laughs> you better get your chariot ready because there's some rain about to come. You better get your heart ready because there's some rain about to come. And because God delights in sending the rain when it's dark. God delights in sending the rain when it's dry. God delights in doing things when it looks so bad that it don't look like anything good can happen. Some of the greatest moves of God I've ever experienced in my life is when I was taken down to nothing, looked like I'm going nowhere, looked like I'm dragging around and ain't nothing going on in my life. It's then when God is doing something, preparing us, getting us ready for a great, thing that is coming. So brother don't give up. Don't fall out. Don't back down. Just hold on because Jesus is going to help you. He's going to give you the power. He said I don't preach the whole chapter part of it. Get up. Eat and go eat and drink. There's a sound of an abundance of rain. There's a sound. In the midst of this famine, there's a sound of an abundance of rain. So Ahab went, he, he, got, he got smart. He went to eat and to drink. He believed the man. He believed the man of God. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, said he cast himself down upon the earth. He put his face between his knees. He said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. He went up and looked, and he said, There's, no, I don't see anything. Why did he tell him to go to the sea? It was a place of seeing clouds form, seeing raindrops come, hear raindrops coming. He said, 
He cast himself down. He said to his servant, go look toward the sea. And when he went up, he looked and he said, I don't see anything. He said, go again seven times. Go again, brother. (laughs) I don't see anything. Go again. I don't feel anything. Go again. I don't see anything happening. Go again, church. You got to learn how to walk by faith. You got to go one more time, praise God. I don't feel like going to church. Well, come on anyway. You got to learn how to go one more time. I'm talking to somebody today. Well, I don't, I, you don't know how bad it is. Get up and go. Go, go, go. Because you don't know it, but if you ain't careful, you're going to miss a mighty move of God. Because, honey, the last time I checked, when the devil is persecuting the church, when he is afflicting us, when you think you're about to lose your mind, God is about to move. God is is about to do something in your life. God is about to do something in your church. God is about to do something in your family. When you said, I can't take no more, God says, go. Go. I didn't see anything. Go again. I didn't feel anything. Go again. I got to go for some of y'all. Go to that upper room where you can get that baptism of the Holy Ghost. Well, you don't know how many times I've been down that altar. Go again. Go again. Because God wants to fill you. You can listen to the Lord or you can listen to man. You can listen to them people say, oh, it's all over with. That ain't for us today. Or you can listen to the Word of God. And it came to pass at the seventh time, he said, when he came back, he said, I see a little cloud. Uh Uh-oh, I saw something this time I didn't see before. Oh, I feel some hope inside now. (laughs) Oh, I see. On this trip, I saw something. I feel a little bit more encouraged now because God's let me see something. God's let me get a glimpse of what's coming. God's letting us understand that there's a reason for the dry times. There's a reason for the famine. And he said, I see a cloud out of the sea like a size of a man's hand. And he said, get down and get ready to go so the rain don't stop you. The prophet said the rain's coming. He said, there's about to be so much rain. There's about, there's about to be so much Holy Ghost power poured out on this earth. Cause the Bible said, in the last days saith God, I'm gonna pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters are gonna prophesy on my handmaidens, on the little woman that thinks she ain't, she ain't nothing to the Lord. I'm gonna pour it out on her too. I'm gonna fill people with the Holy Ghost. I'm gonna save people. I'm gonna bring people to repentance. He said, I'm gonna do it. I wanna open the windows of heaven. I wanna bless you. I want to fill you with my spirit. The rain is coming. The rain is coming. It's coming, church. I don't know how and I don't know when, but I ain't never felt such opposition as I felt lately in my spirit and my own self. I felt at times like, Lord, what in the world? How is it going to be? What's the, you know, I don't, I don't understand, but I still ain't stupid enough to say, 
I don't believe you're going to do anything, God. I still believe that God has got something in store. I still believe that even when my flesh hurts me at times, I still at the end of the day say, Lord, I believe you. I trust you. I surrender to you. And I know I can't live by my feelings. I'm living by faith. Get down that the rain stop you not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile, while the heaven was black with clouds. Uh-oh. Black with clouds. There's a storm coming, but it's a good one. There's a storm coming, but it's a good one. The heaven was black with clouds. Listen, and the wind, the wind started blowing. Oh, God, let the wind blow. Let the wind blow through this church. Let the wind blow in my family. Let the wind blow to my younger brother sitting in a jail cell. Let the wind blow. Come on. Some of y'all got some messed up family members. They need the wind to come right where they are. Some of them once knew the Lord and they ain't where they need to be. Praise God. You can't get to them, but the Holy Ghost can get to them. I'm telling you right now, you need to pray for the wind to blow in the jail cell. Let the wind blow in the ballroom. Let the wind blow, praise God, in the crack house. Let the wind blow, Lord, and shake somebody up and bring them to their senses because we're running out of time, church. But before I believe we leave out of here, I believe, praise God, just as that ark of Noah went up and that judgment of God come down just before the church leaves out of here, I believe the power of God's going to come down on this earth. I believe the Holy Ghost is going to shake us up because the devil ain't never going to get over on God. The devil ain't never going to have the last say. God's going to have the last say. The devil's a loser. The devil's a liar. Jesus is going to pull some people up out of death and hell. He's going to pull some people out of poverty. He's going to pull some of you out of your misery. The wind's going to blow. The wind blows. Clouds forming all of a sudden. Not just rain, a great rain. The Bible talks about it in Joel, a former rain and a latter rain. We're in the latter rain. I believe we're in the latter rain days. It started in the book of Acts chapter 2 and it's still moving today. I don't know where you are, but it's still moving here. I don't know what your church believes in, but I know what we believe. We believe that the wind still blows. We believe that the power is still real. We believe that the gifts of the Holy Ghost are still for God's people today. We believe in the power of God that makes us run, makes us shout. No, He don't make us. He helps you. Come on, somebody, because God ain't never made nobody do nothing. Every time I've ever experienced a move of God, He didn't make me do nothing. I just had to get out, praise God by faith, and let the Holy Ghost begin to flow. Some of y'all think God's going to make you do something and you're missing your blessing. You got to learn how to get out of the boat and just go on and shake off them heavy bands and lift up them. You got to learn how to just get out when the wind starts blowing. Brother, get to moving. When the Holy Ghost gets to flowing, somebody just needs to say, oh, have your way, Lord. When the power of God shows up, somebody needs to run. Somebody needs to shout. Somebody needs to cry. Somebody needs to say, praise God. They did all that in Acts chapter 2. How can you prove that? You can't prove that. Yes, I can. Because of the mockery. Because of the response of the carnal-minded Jewish brothers. What's wrong with them? 
Oh, I know, we know. They've been drinking this morning. Been drinking. Been down there at the pub. Stopped off at the honky-tonk before they got to church. Got him a little bottle of booze. Peter said, I don't think so. He said, y'all missing it. This is that which God prophesied. It's here. It's yours. You can have it. And anybody who wants it can have it. It's for you, your children, your children's children, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Praise God. I'm glad he's still calling them today. Come on to the fountain of living waters. Come on to the throne room. Come on to where the waters of life flow freely through the blood of God's Son, Jesus Christ. We got the power today. We got the rain today. We got the wind. We got what we need. But God's going to send more of it. The rain fell. And all of a sudden, here comes refreshing. Here comes life. Here comes revival. <laughs> here comes change. Here comes fruit. See, the wind's got to blow. The rain's got to come. That rain is symbolic of the Holy Spirit, church. You got to, if you want to see anything, thing happen in your life you got to have the Holy Spirit you have to the hand of the Lord was on Elijah that's what I want I don't care what the government thinks I don't care what people think I want God's hand on me the hand of the Lord was on Elijah and he girded up his loins and he ran before Ahab said I'm going to beat him back home <laughs> outran a chariot Pumped up by the power of God. Was it David said, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Let me tell you, the power of God, you might not be able to do it physically, but in the spirit realm, you're a powerful person, my friend. You got something that the world don't have. You got somebody working in you that is powerful. And the whole reason for this whole demonstration was to bring God's people back. Look, to bring them back to the sacrifice. A demonstration of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's what you could say this is. Because it's there that God allowed his judgment to fall on his son. Diverted from us. I'm glad. If that judgment fell on us, we wouldn't be here. Judgment fell on his son. He accepted the sacrifice of his son. On the cross, and today we've got eternal life. We have victory over sin. We have freedom. We don't have to live like the devil. We do not have to live like daddy did, like mama did, grandpa did. I refuse that mess. I don't accept that garbage. I'm not who I am because of anybody in my family. I'm a new creation. My daddy was an alcoholic. I'm a new creation. My, dad, my daddy was bound by the devil. I'm a new creation. My daddy was destroying his life. I'm a new creation. I know at times as a kid, I said, I'm gonna be just, I want to be like my daddy. You know what? All kids want to do that in some way, don't they? I want to be like my parent. I can remember many times, I want to be like my daddy. Here's, my daddy's a bootleg. You know, you know I've seen stuff you kids shouldn't see. I grew up learning how to cuss at four or five years old. You didn't have to teach me. I'd listen, all I did do was listen to it in my family. 
some of the worst curse words you could ever think of. I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about because many of you used to say them all the time, but ain't you glad you saved? Ain't you glad you got a new mouth? Ain't you glad that your heart's been washed? Ain't you glad that you ain't what you used to be? Praise God, I learned how to do it because I was that's what I was raised up in. I had no problem at five years old picking up the telephone and to the operator and cussing her out and calling her name. The phone rung back in a few minutes, and my mama answered, and the operator told her what happened, and I got a whip, and I remember that. I remember my cousin one time used to come down to our house and visit my daddy from time to time. Had a big old, about a 77, 78 big Ford Ranger uh, F-150 pickup, solid black. That thing was beautiful. Had a big old CB antenna on it. And every time he'd come, he'd come in and sit down and start chatting with my daddy, you know, maybe get a little drink out. Me and my little brother, we'd run outside and slip up in the truck on the CB because we wanted to play on the CB. And I remember one time I got on the CB and I started talking stuff I shouldn't be talking and I was cussing and saying stuff. And that truck driver, he, it was, I, I couldn't have been probably eight or nine years old. He, he said, oh, yeah, that, you know, he's going on. I'm just cussing, cussing and making jokes and all this stuff. He said, he said, hold on. He said, just keep on talking now. He said, I'm just about a mile away from you. I said, what the? Come on, let's get in the house. <laughs> Drop the seat being ruined. I didn't do it. My brother did it. He didn't know where we were at, but he sure put the fear of God in me. He wasn't on my, he probably hundreds of miles from us. But when I got saved, I can't, I can't lay all that nasty talking, all that good stuff on my family. I'm a new creation. I got a new soul. I got a new spirit. I'm, I'm God's child. I'm created in holiness and in righteousness. And now I don't want to do the things I used to do. It ain't that I can't. I don't want to. Because it's against God. When you talk filthy, it's, it's against God. And it ain't the, it's not the unpardonable sin. Talking bad ain't the unpardonable sin. But I'll tell you, it's something I've always been convicted of ever since I've been saved. And every time I say something that I shouldn't say, I always say, Lord, I'm sorry. Amen. Him first, not you. If I said something in front of you, I'd, I'd still ask the Lord to forgive me first and tell you I'm sorry. But I understand this. He'll forgive me, whereas you might not. <laughs> That's why you got to go to him first. Amen. But I don't practice that stuff. You don't. Pra- Christians don't practice sin. You do not practice talking nasty all the time. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. Your life changes. Amen. We need to reign, Miss Grace. Would you come? I, I, I don't know if you could play that song. It's beginning to rain. I'm sure you heard it yesterday. I know y'all heard it. But I felt the Spirit of God in that song yesterday. It's beginning to rain. Hear the voice of my Father. He's saying, whosoever will come and drink of this water. He's promised to pour His Spirit out on your sons and your daughters. If you're thirsty and dry, look up to the sky. (laughs) It's beginning to rain. I'm going to tell you, if you need the rain this morning, come. If you need God to pour His Spirit out upon you, I want you to come. You need a touch this morning. I want you to come. Let me tell you, you're dried up this morning. You're in a famine. I'm not saying you've done something wrong. Maybe you've done absolutely nothing wrong, but you're dried up. You need the Lord to touch you today. Come and let him pour his spirit out upon you today. This is what's going to sustain us, church. This is what's going to get you through. You've got to have the rain of the spirit filling your soul today. 
come as they begin to play and to sing if you need a touch. Those of you watching, you know, the Lord can touch you right where you are. Just yield yourself. Hear the voice of my Father. The voice of my Father. Are you hearing the voice today? Whosoever will come drink of my water. Come on, church, praise Him. He's promised to pour His Spirit out on your sons and your daughters. He's going to pour it out, church, on your sons and daughters. Look up. Don't look down. Look up. Praise God. Look up, church. Look up. Lord, let the rain flow through this church. Hear the voice of Let it flow through that internet, God. Through those watching, God, touch them. In the name of Jesus. Whosoever will, come and drink. There's a drink for you to get, praise God, from the throne room today. There's a drink for you. Through Jesus. If you're thirsty, He's the water of life. It's beginning to rain. It's beginning to rain. Hear the voice of my father. sons and your daughters if you're thirsty and dry look up to the sky it's beginning to rain oh it's beginning to rain hear the voice of my father It's beginning to rain. 
is coming, church. Amen. I believe it. I don't believe the Lord. I believe the Lord laid that message on my heart the last minute for a reason. The rain is coming. That encourages me too. Amen. Because as a pastor, you want to see the rain. You want to see it fall on the church. You want to see it cut your people. You want to see it sweep through and save people in your family. Amen. And it's going to happen, praise God. I believe this darkness, God, this darkness is going to pass, church. The power of God is coming. I believe it in a mighty way. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Come back tonight at 530. We'll be here having church. Amen. Come back shouting. Get ready for the rain. We hope you were blessed by the live service from Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. Our weekly services are Sunday at 1030 a.m., Sunday at 5.30 p.m., and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118. Athens, Tennessee, 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423-744-0774.